1: and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care.
2: John Copenhagen
1: and Al Warren, third uh, on KCK, 106.5 FM Los Angeles, 102.3 FM Riverside,
2: and 1050
3: AM Palm Springs. Welcome back to the house of Mystery. I'm Al Warren, Mr. Michael Holly's here. It must be a Tuesday. Is it Tuesday already? That is
1: correct, Al. And then, uh, you know, just finishing a couple of Jack the Ripper books is, I'm, I'm happy.
3: <laughs> I guess so. Mr. Ripper himself. That is yeah, correct. I, I know it's really you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, that's right.
3: <laughs> so now today, let's just jump into it. We've got a guest waiting. So, and she's written a new book and it is uh, the Asylum Series book two, and it's called Ascendant. So, Susie Smith, thank you for being here.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: Nice to be with
3: you. Well, Susie, so first of all, let's start this. Um, if, now, this is book two of the Asylum series. What, what exactly is the Asylum series?
2: Oh Well, the book one um, starts everything out. Um, it, it is called Asylum. And it begins after the United States suffers what I label as the big crash the economy is just obliterated and the president has declared martial law everything is just in chaos and my protagonist um, she's young uh, her name is Lacey Monroe and she makes a decision that you know she doesn't know is going to change her life but it does uh, that's usually how things go that she agrees to stay on her family farm because her uncle asks her to and so Her family leaves. Everybody's gone. Um, She's on this farm, um, and the government's trying to take over, you know, everything, and she's taking a stand. When everything is ripped away from you, like electricity and food and stuff like that, it kind of makes you think, how am I going to survive? And so she's asking herself, you know these questions and there's some others that join her and among them is a longtime friend his name is Jace, and he's he's actually my other protagonist uh, he's got his own stuff he's dealing with and he joins her and it's their uh, it's their journey uh, together they overcome incredible odds that threaten to tear them apart and together they must decide what's right for them at the end of the book Remain pawns in her uncle's political game or run. And so Ascendant, their story picks up uh, where Asylum left off. I didn't leave Asylum on a cliffhanger. I mean, I kind of, I resolved it most most of the things. I hate it when, when I read a whole book and, and, and you come to the end and you're like, wait a minute, What? <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, I, so I didn't want to do that. So so
1: did the so the government has declared martial law. Is that kind of the background? Yes, yes, that is okay. the
2: background that they're living in. Actually, the uh, president has declared martial law, and they are rounding up all the citizens and putting them in work camps. So she's uh, actually escapes that and um, is on the farm and fighting, you know, fighting to stay there.
3: How do you come up with that character? So Lacey Monroe, for instance, one of your main characters, like is that something, um, what's your process of doing that? Do you take part of yourself, or is it someone you've based it on?
2: I do. I haven't really based Lacey on any one person. I would say she's probably a conglomeration of uh, several people. My, I have green eyes. My girls, both my girls uh, look. Two of my girls <laughs> have green eyes. I have four kids, so I get confused. Uh-
3: <laughs> I have four eyes. No.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and so I made her have green eyes, and she's got dark hair. And, you know, I think her some of her personality is just a combination of my girls, I think, because I've lived with them for, you know, I went raised them through their teenage years, and, you know, I do still have some hair left, but I thought that... <laughs> I thought I'd uh, had that license to do that, so.
3: Yeah, well, of course. Sometimes that's, that, that's how you create a character. There's certain traits of a person or personality and behaviors and stuff like that. So your main character, how do you experience that character when you're writing the dialogue and writing the story, or, or do you? Like some people, I ask that because some writers will say, well, I hear the, hear their voice in my head, and some will say they see it like a movie uh, there's all sorts of descriptions. Do you have any of that?
2: I don't have any of those se- sensationalized things. I uh, <laughs> I just start writing and um, I don't really try to overthink it a lot. Um, I do have I do go by an outline very loosely go by an outline. Um, I know you know, when I start, I know where I want to start, I know where I want to end up. So the outline just helps me through. The writing process of writing that muddy middle—I call it the muddy middle—to kind of keep it from flagging, because you know, some y- you never want the middle of the book to, you know, lose your readers. So, but no, I don't hear her voice. Right. Though. Well, you know,
1: you
3: know, I—I I just ask the questions. <laughs> we get you know, get a lot of people that, well, a lot of people sure. do, right? They—they—they they, they get into it and they totally. Yeah see themselves as the character, I guess, and they sort of get into it. And that's great. I mean, whatever works.
2: Right. Yeah, that's true. Well, my mentor, uh, I consider him my mentor, uh, Bill Bernhardt. Um, he always says, uh your character's a metaphor. It is not an actual person. It right. is a metaphor. Right. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so. It is. Well, you know, but we've got a lot of strange people. They'll do and hear all sorts of things and do, and, you <laughs> so know, do whatever. True. So you never know, right? I right. Mean, Right. That's true, that's true. You voices and driving down the road. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I really Oh, you hope mean not. other people don't hear voices, Al?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah it's true, really. <laughs> well, yeah, so put your gear down there. <laughs> well, you know, it's okay. So it's kind of interesting, but when you take this, and the story is kind of um, civilizations collapsed and you've got like a a lot of unhappiness and unrest and tension and all that stuff going on where do you think that comes from for you
2: i think i started really looking around uh at the world you know and in context to stuff like this uh when 911 happened and i you know i i know exactly where i was i know exactly what i was doing um when i found out about 911 and and that security bubble that that I lived in. And I know that's probably true for a lot of people. You know, we're in the United States. Everything's fine. No one can touch us. We're this superpower, you know. Um, And then 9-11 happened, and you really have to step back and reassess the world as it is. And that's really where, um, where this story started.
3: So was it the story that first came to you, and then you put the characters and built them into it? or do you have your characters kind of already um pre-written to use in the story?
2: I have I have the basic structure of the story when it comes um into my head. I I'm like okay, yeah, that's good. That's good. That's good. And then I start asking who's going to be in this, you know, what kind what type of of character do I need for this situation? Um so I I I want to say the character comes first, but actually, I I really don't think it does in my writing process. I think, um, I think I have an idea, and then, um, and then the character just kind of morphs out of it.
1: So, rumor has it that this came from a dream you had.
2: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, after nine eleven, I don't know about y'all, but my imagination—I have a huge imagination—and you know, when when.
0: In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare insurance plans. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. You get struck by terror or
2: something like that. You tend to have nightmares and... <laughs> I can, I did I had a dream um, and that um, I of a girl um, and she was hiding and she was on my grandparents' land and actually that's where um, the setting came came from because I do um, I do write about an actual place there is actually forty acres that sits on a corner in Osage County, Oklahoma, right outside Shiloh, Oklahoma. Um, and that was my grandparents and, and I spent a lot of summers out there. Most of my childhood summers out there.
3: Oh, okay. So it's very personal, that part of it, isn't it? The, the, the location.
2: Yeah, it is. It really, really is. I wish, you know, and I've gone back through photographs and, and things like that because I really, I really wish I could show people how it was, um, when I was a kid, you don't want to see it now, but when, (laughs) when I was a kid, uh, it would have, you know, somebody would be looking at the picture going, oh, there's the fish house, there's the there's the barn, there's the, you know, so. But I can't, as of yet, I can't find it. So it was
1: a level of security for you the hmm
2: Yes. Yeah. So
1: when this all
3: came to your mind and you started putting it together and you're going to put the, you know, write a book and story, um, yeah. did you have a, a purpose then? Was there a, is there a meaning you wanted people to get from it? At the end of the book,
2: what happens to Lacey at the beginning of the book? Um, I did think a lot about that, and I, when I sit down to write something, anything that I write, I want the reader to walk away thinking about um, a situation or uh, an area that they that wouldn't normally come to their mind, and um, so at the at the back of Asylum. There is. A, uh, I put an author's note in there, and I explained about um, victims of assault um, and where they could go. Uh, there's a hotline. Rain. R A I N N um, is a wonderful website, a place to start if somebody is hurting, you know, and looking for that. It's also uh, probably would be considered a trigger warning for some people, um, and it doesn't go. It's not. Graphic. Um, I don't write graphic. I don't write erotic. I don't. I don't do that.
1: Is this uh, sexual assault you're talking about?
2: Yes, a sexual assault. I'm sorry. Okay. I really um, want what I write to to mean something. To start a conversation. I want to be a part of the big conversation. You know, <laughs> the. Big authors' conversations.
3: So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. How do you decide to write a series, though? Did you have that in mind? Did you have this at the be- kind of at the beginning when you were doing book one? Were you thinking of this being several books in a series, or was it just going to be a one-off and then it just happened?
2: It was going. To, it, I really didn't anticipate writing a series. I knew, I knew I could. Um, there was potential there, but I really didn't, I really didn't set out to do that. I have another, I have another series that I do, that I, that I did know that was going to be a series on the back burner because I, I needed to go ahead and, and finish uh, this series. But, you no, know, when people started saying, well, what happens next? What happens next? You know, and I, I left the ending kind of ambiguous where the reader can decide, you know, well, do they escape? Yeah, they escape into Mexico. They go and live on a beach, you know, live in a hut, you know, whatever. <laughs> but uh, I just um, decided, well, I guess I can write another book. So, And now I'm writing the third one. Um, it'll be a, a trilogy, and I do plan to put a stop on the end of this one. Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> well, I mean, I could keep going. I, I've developed um, characters. That, that's a funny thing. Um, about secondary characters in a book, when you keep pulling them up for um, situations, they just kind of take on a personality of their own. And there, um, there is one character um, that has risen up, and I just love him. And <laughs> in Asylum, you wouldn't have thought that because I, you know, I kind of made him out to be the bad guy until the, you know, till the very end. Um, so. Uh, yeah, I could I could I could go tell. I could tell his story, you know. So, so you, so you don't around. want to voices.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you don't want to get rid of this world then, especially your characters It's hard to lose uh, leave your characters to get rid of them.
2: Yeah, it is. Um it it because you live with them for so long and like the first book took me a while to to write and get complete and the first draft I I completely tore up. I was in college. I went to college after my um my two youngest, my Gen Z's, um, were in high school. I decided I wanted to go, um, get my degree in English. And so I was working on it then and I completely tore it apart and started over. So that, it took me a while, a but you know, I, I really, really learned how to write on that book because, you know, I'd do it over. If I didn't like something, I'd do it over. And, you know, 500 drafts later on a paragraph, <laughs> <laughs>
1: you
2: finally get it right, you know.
1: Yeah. So is the the second book ascended? Is it based on that uh, the uh, sexual assault or is it a little, little more of a different theme going?
2: No, there is something different. I, um, you know, bad guys and and you know, Bill Bernhardt says, you know, when you got the your character in a bad situation, how can you make that situation worse? How can you? <laughs> how can you? You know, just go. You know. You know, crash through that glass ceiling. How do you, you know, how do you make it so bad? You know, and so I got to thinking about that and I had the general idea uh, of where I wanted to go with the book. And I thought, well, how, how would I, how do I make that worse? What would be worse? Um. And then I started thinking about um, all the human trafficking. My daughter, my oldest daughter, um, is a police officer. She's kind of taking a break now. But Oklahoma, where I live, um, I live on the I-35 corridor. And Oklahoma has issues with sex trafficking um, along that corridor. And so I got to thinking about that and thought, well, you know, if I could, if I could, Put that in there and and raise people's you know awareness of, of you know sex sex trafficking, human trafficking. That I I thought that would be a good idea. So that's where that came from.
3: Yeah, that's amazing. I'm um, I, I, I surprised. I did a book for a publisher on that on trafficking a few years back and. I was surprised in how many people didn't realize that it even went on in the
2: U.S. Exactly. Well, there's that security bubble where people are in that in their first world problems. They don't, um, they don't look around. They don't see um, what's going on around them. And, you know, that could be detrimental to them as well if they're not paying attention to where they are. You know, I don't travel a lot. I don't, you know, I'm just kind of a homebody. But I know a lot of people do travel, and they do need to be aware of, of their situation and if someone's following them or you know, I mean everybody has the mentality, well it can't happen to me. You know, that that can't happen to me. But then when it does <laughs> you know
1: yeah. I can see why a dystopian fantasy that right there makes everybody aware things have changed. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yes, yeah. exactly. Exactly. At, I have an author's note at the back of Ascendant as well. There is a website that's called Can You See Me? And you can get some really, really good information from that website. So
3: you've done two and now you say you're working on the third book. So this process, it's a lot to you. It sounds like it means a lot to you and it's, it takes a lot of work. Um, both Michael and I know the amount of work it takes to put together a book and get it out there. So at, now at the end of two and working on three, when you look back at it, can you, can you, well, let's just say, how do you think it's changed you?
2: Well, I, it's made me um, myself. You know, as I write, I become more aware of the things around me because I do I do research. Um, I I don't put anything in there unless I've you know I've done some done my homework, done some research on it and stuff. So, um, yeah, that um, very much uh, has changed my attitude and my viewpoint
3: okay so you carry pepper spray in your <laughs> in your purse and a gun. i
2: have <laughs> let let me tell you what i have i'm i'm in oklahoma my oh. my uh I'm in <laughs> so there's an open carry license here uh i don't have a gun i will not touch guns i, I mean and i'm not going to open up a conversation no. about guns but um i have a bb gun there you go <laughs> i have a bb gun you know i i just i'm very opinionated about that and i won't start but uh yeah i do i have a bb gun in the uh, in my floorboard of my uh my car just in case. you know that would be
1: good for uh let's say you have a dystopian world of the birds again the birds are attacking yeah. that bb gun is there <laughs> that's, <laughs>
2: that's right. right
1: you're ready for the birds
2: that's for sure <laughs> right well you know i mean a bb gun I can just shoot the crap out of, you know, somebody with a BB gun and turn around and run, and it's going to take them a <laughs> second to kind of get their bearings, especially if I shoot them in the eyes. <laughs> there you go. You know, but I haven't, I haven't killed them, mm-hmm. and I don't have that on my conscience, and that, that, I feel like, I, I address that in Ascendant, because my main character um, has had to, to, to do that um, in order to survive, and, and. At the end of the book, she is feeling the the weight of that and how it changes you and how it just marks your soul. Um, so, yeah, I, I B begins. Yeah, that's it for me.
1: <laughs> so you don't lack remorse like the usual serial killers we write about. And, uh, so bomber, I like that lacking remorse.
2: That's the fun part. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No. Because you know. Yeah. No. <laughs> i mean for a character that you know people have invested their time in um reading and stuff like that you kind of want the character to go through um a change and and hopefully it's for the better you know in the book so of course she's going to have to look at that and and deal with that backlash um of of what she's done Just drink. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that that's that's my department yeah uh-huh.
3: <laughs> do you do you have any problem writing in the book itself the bad characters the evil ones or the people that do bad things and getting into the mindset of that person
2: maybe a little well there again um um, i I always have that bill bernhardt in the back of my head going how do you make it worse how do you make it worse how can he be worse you know (laughs) so um so i kind of try to keep that in mind the uncle isn't you know the uncle in the story um he's bad but he's bad because he's selfish and he wants what he wants and and he doesn't care um, who he mows over uh, to get what he wants um, but he does have you know there's some ambivalence there where um, where you kind of feel for him at times but um, not very often, so not often enough to matter, but I do kind of humanize him at least. Now, the other the other bad guy I don't, um, the one in Ascendant, the uh, human trafficker, I don't. He is just bad.
1: Bill Bernhardt, that's BB, so in your BB gun, I think there's a connection yeah. right there, don't you? <laughs> yeah. So that's how yes. bad he is, I mean, big, bad, a lot, <laughs> a lot of BBs.
2: A lot of BBs, a lot of BBs. Your next book could be <laughs>
1: called BB. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Right. No, I think he's going to make me stick with the A's. I, um, the second book I originally wanted to call Leverage because that's really the core, um, you know, the uncle is using leverage. I mean, I guess it was two on the nose. Um, so I racked my brain for a name and came up with that one, and he likes it. But I think I'm ahead of the game with this one. I think I have. The third book? I, yes, I think I have a name for the third one, but i Oh, I know, Al. Al. <laughs> <laughs> no. I like
3: that one. No, that's a terrible name.
2: <laughs> I think it's going to be annihilation, but don't Ooh. quote me on that.
3: Yeah. Well, there you go. That's like your book, a nylon. That's no. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's pretty interesting how how this all goes, and and and. Each, each book that you do um, where do you see this going now like where did you you, do you see an end actually with three or do you think it could go further
2: well I I am still sort of you know I, I really want to put an end stop to it because I, I really want to get to my YA series that, that's been on the back burner that you know has for so long but I, I am torn on how I am actually going to end it
3: you, you don't have to end it. I mean, you could always, like, take a break and then do one of your YA books and then come back to one of these. And back right? I know a couple that do that.
2: Yeah, you would think. But my brain is like a one-way footbridge. I cannot work on two things at once to save my life. I cannot do it. I am <laughs> terrible at multitasking.
3: <laughs> yeah, because sometimes I know some writers that do that, and it seems to – Seem to work. Are you, are you conscious of your right, of your reader now that you're, when you're writing, because like now your first book, of course you probably, you weren't, right? You're were putting out the first book and now you've got the second one out and you're writing the third. So are you thinking about your reader and how they would feel about what you do to your characters or where it goes. And oh stuff yeah,
2: of course. Yes, definitely. De- uh, I definitely do. It, it, it is a lot different now that I'm on the third one. I don't, you know, and I always, um, I'm always conscious of my uh, language. I don't, there's some curse words in there, but I'll write and I'll just write the way it comes out. And then I will go back and take out all those bad words <laughs> that I've put in there and <laughs> stick them in there. You know, because nobody wants to read a, you know, a, a book like that. But, you know, at, this, by the, at the same time, I do have a good argument for that. A lot of people talk that way. A lot of people have, you know, especially bad guys have, have filthy mouths, but I, I really don't, I really don't want to do that. So I am conscious of, of, of other people. Um, and what they how they take it.
3: Well, yeah, you have to have you have to draw the line somewhere. There has to be right. realism, but also you can you can kind of monitor that realism. You don't have to go overboard. It doesn't have to be a Quentin Tarantino movie.
2: Right, right.
3: You know, you can be some realism and a few rough, edgy words for sure or right. behaviors, but you you can tone it down. It doesn't make it unbelievable. Right. so there's nothing. Nothing wrong with that. Um, who is your favorite character in this book?
2: In the first book, it would have to be Cat. Um, she is um, she's mostly a secondary character, but she's but she's in she's in most of it. She's quirky. She says weird things. Um, she tries to keep Lacey in line and and the boys and and everybody on the farm fed and and she kind of just takes on that responsibility of a surrogate mother and I think she really makes Lacey not feel so alone um, she kind of is a well a surrogate mother like I said and uh, there's a lot of found family in this book you know blood sometimes doesn't equal family
1: so relationships and love are a big part of your books
2: yeah whether whether i want it that way or not yeah i <laughs>
3: <laughs> well that's okay or do you think about the violence you write on the page and how you just d- dis- display it
2: yeah um that's and that is you, you, we're talking about evil characters i can envision evil characters but writing the horrible things that an evil character would do um i i do have a i do have I need help. I, you know, and I, and my writing process.
1: BB, just think BB.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I no, but I, my writing process is: I'll write a chapter and I'll send it to my best friend in West Virginia, and she is the grammar Nazi, and she she reads it and and grades it like a paper, and you know, tears it up, tells me what I need to put on. Um, on there, the last time I got back, she one of the I just looked real quick at one of the things she wrote, one of her comments. She goes, "Really?" <laughs> question mark, question mark. <laughs> I was like, "Oh no." <laughs> but she really helps uh, with that perspective. She'll go, "Well, you need this, or you need that, or you know, that kind
3: of thing." Have you ever gotten into a uh, writing part of a story or part of it where you, it just wasn't working? You didn't you didn't like where it was going and you just eliminate it does that ever happen
2: well yeah, yeah especially in the first one like I said uh the first one I completely tore the uh, the first draft apart um, you know I took some elements out of it you know the core story of course, but everything around it I changed because it, I wasn't it wasn't I don't know if you'll know what I mean harsh enough it wasn't. It, yeah, it just—it wasn't—it—it it just didn't hit home like I wanted it to.
1: So, Susie, I, I'm gathering you're just too much of a nice person. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, you need, I don't your, know you, need your, you need your—you need your best friend to rip away the apart.
2: <laughs> yeah, she does. She does. Uh, yeah, no, I, you know, I don't know. I don't. I think it, my, part of it might come from the sheltered life I lived when I was a child. I, you know, I don't know. I.
1: Oh, maybe deep down you're evil. <laughs>
2: <laughs> an evil side, yes. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I was raised, you know. I'm a Gen X, but I was raised by Silent Generation parents, and so I had parents at home. I wasn't a latchkey kid, you know. So I have a different kind of had a different experience growing up.
3: Well, I, I think it's okay to get into the into the process of writing evil characters or bad people doing bad things, and doing it. I think there's just the bigger picture of having the reader understand why they are doing what they're doing, right? Because there's always a bigger picture. Like, usually the bad guy is doing it for a reason. They think they're doing something good or for a good reason or something. They're in a twisted world where they believe what they're doing is something that should be done right so if you can get that across to the reader a lot of times for me that'll be my focus if i'm writing something on the dark side so to speak because then it it is not foul language and it's not really grotesque sort of behavior it's more about this character thinking what they're doing is something you know heroic or something good right. or something positive the, even though it's not
2: right their motive yeah right yeah
3: and I think a lot of times if, if, you, if the direction is towards that, the motive, as you say, then maybe it's not so hard to read.
2: Right. Yeah.
3: You know, right. Or if you get into Michael's books, you're just, you know, you, you need to have a lot of liquor. <laughs> <laughs> that's well, funny. that's where it started from,
1: Al. That's where it started from.
3: Well, you know, I,
2: I really like, I don't know if you've heard of this author before, cause I think he, um, I think he publishes on the Christian side, but he's, he's, Uh, not, I wouldn't really, I mean, yeah, elements of it, but Ted Decker, um, brilliant author, um, and I go back and read some of his, uh, some of his stuff sometimes, and um, I have a shelf full of Stephen King that I, you know, draw back,
1: you know. Oh, he can be really ruthless, (laughs) Stephen
3: King. Yeah. Yeah. So... (laughs) Stephen King. Now he writes what horror? I don't know him.
2: Right? Yeah, <laughs> you don't know him. <laughs> no.
3: I'll put. I'll, let me write down his name and I'll look for him, See that's if funny. I can find him on Amazon. <laughs> I might look him up. Maybe, maybe he's got some books I can read. I don't know. Wow, it's interesting. So, what do you what do you what what do you find to be the the hardest part so far? Cause, you know, new writer and getting things going, and you're out there doing stuff. Now you got book two out. And everything so, if someone was listening and they're thinking about writing, or maybe they do write but they've never gotten this far, they've never published anything, so what's the biggest challenge?
2: The biggest challenge for me is this. Oh,
3: Speaking, speaking <laughs> to me, well,
2: no, I mean, no. <laughs> I, I'm just kidding. No, um, no, no I, I
3: agree. I hate talking to myself.
2: I, right? <laughs> so um, no, the. But the marketing, I think, is, it, that's what I meant, is, is marketing has been the biggest biggest issue for me because I don't really want to mess with that. I want to write, I want to hand it over, and I want to go on to the next thing that I'm, that I'm working on. I don't think about marketing. My brain is not wired that way. Um, you know, social media, um, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram, but... No TikTok? Oh, I'm on TikTok. Oh, I, I, I am on TikTok. <laughs> well, I went through a, a TikTok uh, binge, I guess, where, you know, I was like, I'm going to do this. So I'm going to conquer TikTok. I mean, <laughs> 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 but, yeah, there's no conquering TikTok. Cause, <laughs> no, uh, but, yeah. Al's on
1: TikTok, him. so you should watch Al's TikTok. Then i, will look, ideas. I will look I've got
3: up. almost 50,000 followers. Now. Wow. Hey.
2: Yeah. yeah. I people, will definitely. People love to
3: hate me. I'll tell you. <laughs> I will definitely
2: like you have then.
3: Oh, I just do silly stuff and the show. That's it, you know, and people love it or hate it, you know, and then right. they all have to say something. But it's good. It's good. I think it's okay. It's a good way of interacting with people. But I yeah. personally agree. I know it's tough to, to do the marketing sense, even though, you know, God, I'm on radio and all that stuff. But the thing is, I know what you mean. I don't even like going to book signings. It feels weird.
2: It
1: does. <laughs> you know?
3: It
2: does. It does. <laughs> I mean, this has been more comfortable for me, I think, because you're not staring at me. Um, right. And so right. I'm a little bit more.
1: You you don't know that because.
2: Uh, <laughs> oh, well,
1: now I do. i got all this technology. So he's yeah. staring at you right now. Yeah, <laughs> Look yeah. behind you right now. Yeah, yeah.
3: this is on TikTok, it's being streamed.
2: Oh, well, well, that might be good for me because if this was streamed on TikTok, maybe they'd go find me and I'd have, you know, blow up. But, you know, it it just depends on, I think, think the luck of the draw, maybe.
3: Um, Yeah, it's all the right place, right time, saying the right thing. Yeah. You know, it doesn't really matter. But it's, it's, a, it's more about branding you. It's just getting to know who you are and what you're writing and who and stuff like that. I think more that's the most important thing because uh, it, it's a it's a weird process to get used to it. I say, you know, like I said, signing someone says sign a book and you're like, well, God, when I worked at McDonald's, I didn't sign your Happy Meal.
1: Right? <laughs> <It's, laughs> <Sorry>. That's
3: right.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm like, you know, because family will ask me to sign it and I'm like. I'm your mother. Yeah. I'm your daughter. I'm your, yeah. you know, why do you want me to sign that stuff? <laughs>
3: yeah. It seems it's the strangest thing it in the world. Strange. Like you don't, when you're in a regular job doing stuff, people don't want that.
2: See, just,
1: I'm opposite. I, I just love doing that stuff. And then, uh, you know, you know, just shaking a everybody's hand and I'm one of those type of people. You got to be in the He front signs of the crowd. my
3: books
2: he signed you
1: Yeah, I figured out his handwriting. Yeah, yeah
2: I need to put it. Hi, I'm Al. Yeah, I need to put together a street team that will yeah. do all that stuff for me. that's right.
3: Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah, just get Michael. He'll do it. He'll go out and sign all your books. Of course, so. And throw is not a wig same, on it,
1: though, Susie. My voice is not so, but I can no. try. Yeah. Well, I'll
3: just just put on a wig and you'll be fine. You know? I'll be set A big huge hat with flowers on it. Nobody will notice.
1: Can I keep my, can I keep my goatee though? I need that.
3: Oh, you know, then you Uh... better wrap a veil around the face or something. (laughs) (laughs) And say, you know, she's just, you know, she, she burns easy. So she's got to have a, you know, a veil over the face, you know? That's right. right. Well, that's really cool. So, um, well, I'm glad everything's going well for you. So now you say you're on uh TikTok and you're on all those things. Is it under your name or is it under – um, uh, do you have a street name?
2: A street name, no. it okay. It is under my name. S- yeah. uh, I spell my name, um my first name, S-U-S-Y, and my website is uh, com. So um, as long as you spell my name right, I think you'll – I think you'll get there. Yeah.
3: Now, you must have been writing the first book or maybe even the second one. You must have been doing a lot of the writing during the pandemic and all that stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Do you think that kind of affected you? Did it kind of, did you draw off of that and did it become darker?
2: Yeah, I finished um, the f- first book when everybody uh, went home. You know, everything shut down. The uh, Ka Nation shut down. I, I work for um, uh, the Ka tribe, and the tribe shut down. And so they sent us home, and so I was sitting here, and I'm like, I am going to get this done. And right. so, yeah, it, it it definitely did push me in the right direction.
3: I bet it could help with some of the characters. when you're If you watch the news and you watch some of the people and – how people were acting and reacting to different things with each other, and TikTok, you yeah. must have been, saw some really good fights on there, but he, he, it, could, it could be a really good influence for characters in a way,
2: yeah, yeah, it could um the the whole virus thing i you know I thought about that, but it's been yeah. it's been done yeah so but yeah oh yeah
3: you're you better to stay away from it in a book, i think yeah personally i I mean because it's too soon. It's, there's just too much, you know. In 50 years, you could do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. That's if there's still the world. I mean, I don't know. I mean, hopefully, you're getting happier and your YA. Is your YA going to be a mystery, or is it more? What What would the YE be My when you're writing? YA is going to be
2: a paranormal.
3: Um, oh. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. So you ghost hunter? You're out there hunting ghosts. Man, everywhere. I'd love
2: to do that. Um. There, you know, I live in Oklahoma, so um, Guthrie has a haunted hotel, and um, Eureka Springs, which' I'm fairly close to, um, the Crescent Hotel is, is haunted, and we, did a, we we went there and, and did a ghost tour and stuff like that. And I've done ghost tours in New Orleans and, and stuff like that, but I'd really like to go with a, with a team and just kind of see their process.
3: Yeah, That'd be yeah. super cool been there, done that several times. Yes. Used to do that, to do that a lot. Um, hey, I can set you up with some people. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. It's good. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> it's tiring, but when you're there. Right, right. Uh, let me just tell you, because it's all night and you're really tired and so nothing late. really happens. <laughs> yeah not you know? takes forever for anything, you know, but that's a different story. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> well, that's good. Well, there we go. Um, so, now, your book is out now, and it's called Ascendant. Yes. And that's the second book in the series of Asylum. And, again, thank you for being on the show, our thank guest, Susie Smith.
2: Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure.
3: Nice speaking with you, Susie.
2: Nice to speak with you, too. You've been listening to the House of Mystery
0: radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to dot.